Welcome back to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Al Usinski, Inside Lighting, yada, yada, yada. In the meantime, before we talk about anything else, we're going to talk about Incentive Energies, utilitygenius.com, Greg Eric. That's U-T-I-L-I-T-Y-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Utility Genius. That's right. Stand out from your competition and become a rebate genius. You know why? Because it can help you sell more. With Utility Genius, you take the hassle out of researching utility programs and calculating estimates. Search by zip code, state, or utility program, and you can create a free account to save your utilities and get notifications if and when they change their programs. There's also qualified products listed on there from manufacturer. And all of this can be done for free. So leverage the best rebate to help you get the sale. I just did it myself in Ohio. I needed to figure out what the rebate was over in Ohio. I went to Utility Genius. It showed me exactly how to figure it out. And then I'm able to do the proposal and hopefully get the sale. We'll see. Become a rebate and utility program expert today at utilitygenius.com. Uh, Incentive Energy, you just got the highest value endorsement ever. Greg Eric has used your product. That's amazing. So uh, check it out, utilitygenius.com. And of course, presented by the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Get associated, get educated. What are you doing, Al Usinski? You know, guys, if we're going to have a talk about future predictions, it's 2022. So first of all, hello and happy new year, Greg and Michael. <laughs> and you know, secondly, you know, we take this stuff seriously. So we're doing a predictions show. I, I got the, uh, the latest, most high-tech prediction technology, fortune-telling technology. We got the lighting industry crystal ball. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm wearing a fortune teller hat, a gold LeMay hat with purple feathers, slightly bedazzled with some fake plastic jewelry. And if you are watching the video of this, welcome to the end of my career as I further lose whatever credibility <laughs> I have yet. So, so thank you for having me on, guys. Happy New Year. You too. Part of the hang, on, hang, on, is... hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on a second here. So is that crystal ball connected by Bluetooth mesh to that hat, or how does that all work? No, there, there is a wireless connection, but the, the, the crystal ball, which is really, um, you know, spec grade injection molded plastic, by the way, the crystal ball is actually connected to the universe in some way. And it's going to help us channel uh, some of these predictions and, and share it with the Get a Grip on Lighting audience. Awesome. I love it. We all got our hats on. I got my nailed. Mike's got his Peaky Blinder and you've got your genie. Let's get into it. 13 lighting predictions for 2022. So we're going to just, I'm going to read them off and we're going to discuss them. We did this last year too, so it's fun to revisit. The first one that comes up is from Trevor Palmer, president of Acuity Brands Lighting and Controls. Supply chain challenges will continue to impact our industry in the coming year. The use of technology to enable better information flow and to offer product alternatives to meet customer needs will be critical to success and a continuing trend. What do we got on that, guys? He's talking about the switcheroo. The switcheroo, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't have this brand, but I have that brand. <laughs> you know, I don't think so, because his comments no? are focused on technology. And, and you know, I, I um, you know, so first of all, just the, the disclaimer for all of these things, these people are very well-regarded industry people, sure. and we're just talking about their predictions. We're not speaking for them. So, so, so my take on uh, Trevor Palmer's prediction, he's, of course, the president of Acuity Brands, my take is that they're going to be leveraging technology to provide better service levels to Acuity business partners, whether it be distributors, agents, well, hang et cetera. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Read the last line of his yeah. quote, the last, second last line of his quote. To offer product alternatives to meet customer needs will be critical to success. The switcheroo. 
I see what Mike's saying. And, and so what he means is, you know, like you have a flat panel or you have a fixture or a high bay. Let's take a high bay because there's a lot more variety there. Uh, you have this high bay. It provides this many lumens, but so does this one. And we don't have that. So now we're going to give you this. And it's, it's kind of what happens already in the sales world at lighting. We're out there selling an, an idea in a way. And, and then when you get the, the thing sold, figure out which idea you're going to sell. All right. So, 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 <laughs> so the get a grip guys are reading into Trevor Palmer's ideas with this glass half empty, like a hidden agenda. And I, I love the I switcheroo. Think... I love the switcheroo. What are you talking right. about? So no, I'm, so I'm, I'm reading into more of a, from a, from a, like you ever, you ever go on Amazon and that, that pair of sneakers you want, it's, 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 going to be, you know, two more weeks until they have inventory back, but they can ship you the, the, the blue pair now, but they can't ship you the red pair um, for another couple of weeks. Horrible like metaphor. Like, horrible metaphor. That? That's a well, horrible metaphor. All right. So Ow, we are listen. like four minutes in. We're four minutes in and we've insulted each other at least three times. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like people care about their shoes. They don't care about their two by four flat panels, bro. Oh. The three of us wouldn't be yucking it up about lighting if we didn't care about no, lighting. No, but what Our I'm saying is the end user lighting. customer. Right. The end right. user right. customer. So that's they don't the care. So they, if, they're trusting if, Greg. They're trusting what Greg. If this, what if this technology portal allows you to say, hey, we can't ship this finish now, but you can get nickel bronze um, right away. Like, what, what if it alerted you to an alternative in that way, kind of mm, like maybe. you know other, other, other things do? Now, remember, Trevor's the president, but his boss, Neil Ash, is the CEO of Acuity, who took over two years ago. He comes from Walmart, and not the brick-and-mortar side of Walmart. He actually helped build the, mm. the, the Walmart IT platform, the global e-commerce platform that relied on not only the logistics backbone, but also the IT to make these systems mm. work. So when I listen to their quarterly calls and I hear them talking about technology to help enable better communication with our business partners, that's one thing that a lot of distributors mm. and, and agents complain about, right? It's like sometimes it feels like 1999 when you have to call UPS to track a package rather than pull up the app on your phone. If there's sure. a better way to have that information flow. So, again, this is the way I'm reading into their comments. But I feel like they're, they're, they have some awesome scheme that they're going to unveil at some point. And maybe it's going to be mm. incremental uh, uh, launches of it that's going to help people have more transparency to the process on made-to-order and uh, stocked items. And I, and I can I tell you, speaking from, you know, a distributor side and, and all the other distributors I talk to, they often buy from companies that provide them that info. And then so. Yes. Agreed. hundred percent. hundred percent. Need that info or you're not going to get it. Not going to get the sale. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we're happy with that. The next one, we're going to combine two together. Um, so I'll read for a little bit and then you guys can be ready to go. So the, the first one is from Monica uh, Lewis Lobo. Monica Lobo, and yes. she's the president-elect of the International Association of Lighting Designers. She wrote, in the near future, users' awareness of the power of our work will increase exponentially. After experiencing disruptive times when values such as comfort and well-being have been understood from a different perspective, there's a great opportunity on our hands. We have the tools, the knowledge, and the creativity to imagine and design this new and better world. So that's the first one. Second one relates to some degree is Andrea Wilkerson, a friend of the show here that's been on a few times. Uh, she's a researcher for the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. There will be more opportunities in 2022 to increase awareness and appreciation of lighting technology and research. As an industry, we can take for granted our collective ability to provide quality lighting to improve the lives of people as they work, play, and heal. 
we'll engage with new communities in 2022 to learn and to share our passion for life. So there you go. Can I ask a quick question on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did you combine those two? I feel like they're, you know, I, I, I kind of see why, but tell me why you combine them. It was a suggestion from uh, the real boss of this show. And there's 13 of them, so we're trying to get through them all. No, but, but okay, was, so uh, I see. But, I mean, what, I, what I'm seeing from Andrea, I really like. I, 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 I like this idea of we need to get some dollars to the researchers. We really, really do. You know, and I, I, I don't think that's the same thing um, as what the other lady was saying. Now, I can't remember her name. Sorry for that. Monica. 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 Yeah. I think what Monica was saying was more that, you know, we can use lighting to – to help us create environments that are more comfortable and better for us. And I, I think, you know, Andrea is calling for, for focus on research and Monica was calling for, let's get out there and do this. It, 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 does that feel right to you guys? Well, I'll chime in first. I, I, yeah. But I also think it, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, you need to get things out there, but you need to research them at the same time to figure out what the right move is so that you can get more out there. Good point. Yeah, both both of these esteemed women live in different parts of the lighting world, right? So Andrea with with the Pacific National Labs is is totally involved on the research side of it and sees the human-centric angle uh, from those perspectives, whereas the president of the IALD is focused on the lighting design, the architectural Hmm. lighting design for occupants, the focus on the health and and, and wellness of occupants who uh, actually live and work in these buildings that that the uh, lighting designers are in part designing for these people. So I think there's actually maybe a, a whole like cradle to grave aspect of it where the research mm. is done on the front yeah, end and then the, uh, the specification is done, um, uh, you know, near the goal line of a project to provide this. And, and I think one of the themes also, and, and it was my suggestion to combine the two in the interest of time. Um, but, but I think one of the themes that I see as a common thread is, is that this pandemic, it, it, it actually shined a light, uh, no pun intended, on the health and wellness conversation where mental health was being talked about more openly. And people are realizing that, you know, b- being stuck in a, in a world of, uh, you know, back-to-back Zoom calls and whatever crappy residential lighting you may have tolerated in the past because you were only there for two waking hours a day, now that you're living in that space a lot more, mm-hmm. people have realized that there's a real value to having good lighting and good lighting design. So, so I'm hopeful that uh, the health and wellness conversation Will, will resonate at the consumer level so that when some architect is talking about it with some corporate client, that that person realizes it in a way that they can relate and not just in some like big picture philosophical way. I, get, so I think those are two, cr- great, two great predictions, by the way. Or, I do too. proclamations, yeah. yeah. And what I want you to predict now with your crystal ball, Al, is, is when that conversation will actually become reality and when, when are people actually going to do healthy lighting? What year is it? I mean, it might not, it's not going to happen this year. What year is it going to happen? Yeah, I, I think like most things, you look at those adoption curves from the early adopters to the late adopters. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wave. And I, I still think we're in the early part of that wave, obviously. And, and frankly, I, I think it's, it's been part of the, um, the value proposition that, that these building owners just don't feel the need to invest in that technology. So, so I, I think we're still at the early stage. This won't be, this won't be a common conversation until probably, you know, realistically late this decade at the earliest, in my opinion. Um, but, but I think the conversation is happening more. I mean, people, you know, how do you put a value on buying organic food at the supermarket? But you do because you know it's better for you than some of that processed stuff in the other aisles. And, um, and I think that that conversation is, is going to be met with better, with, with, with less resistance um, in the present and in the near future. Perfect. We've gone to the next one here. 
I apologize if I butcher the name here. Mike might need to pronounce this one for me, but is it Francois Xavier Sauvé? Yes, we'll call him FX for short. Okay. FX Sauvé. He is the founder and president and CEO of Lumen Pulse. He wrote, the pandemic has caused an unprecedented situation that we believe will fuel further innovation from manufacturers, creating a more differentiated marketplace. As the industry moves forward, optical innovation will be key instead of a quantitative lumen approach. A clear and fresh focus will be placed on the quality of light. Yeah, so you know, FX heads up Lumen Pulse Group, this multi-brand company, Lumen Pulse and Sternberg, and, and uh, among other uh, brands. And um, by the way, a very smart Canadian. So there's there's some good Canadian representation here, Michael. So, um, so so with that in mind, um, his focus on on this comment regarding a quantitative, rather a qualitative approach rather than a quantitative lumen approach. It reminds me of some of the things I hear Michael say sometimes about you know the dark sky argument, which is sometimes we're so focused on spitting out X amount of lumens on a surface that we forget some of the other implications. So it's it's not about how much light you're getting, but the quality of it and where the, where it's being directed. So, um, you know, his companies are obviously more specification focused than others. And, um, and, and the clientele that, that purchases and specifies those fixtures understand, uh, mainly I should say, generally understand those, those aspects of it. But hopefully that'll, that'll trickle down to some of the more economical general lighting brands as well as far as how we were able to control uh, uh, light and its performance in a way that's, that's, that's positive and focused on that, that quality from a performance perspective and not just on a light meter. I like what he was talking about, you know, when he had referenced sort of a, sh a shift in focus that's kind of been going on and he's calling for it to be complete to me in 2022 where, you know, we're moving from the lumens per watt, incentivizing reduction in watts and all. And we've made it here now and now it's time to focus on building beauty and that light lighting industry used to focus on. I think that's a, I think he might be right, to be honest with you. I, th I think we might turn the page fully in 2022 on that. Yeah, and I think, and what also relates to that is the, the companies that are going to be around, you know, in 2022 mm. and, and going forward are, are going to be focused more on quality of light rather than just getting a sale and moving on. And we've talked about that enough. We all know what mm -hmm. those people are like, but they're starting to get filtered out. Um, and maybe this is the year they're actually done, gone, quality from here on. Let's try it. All right. Uh, next one is John Polk, the president and CEO of Sesco Lighting, SEC. S-E-S-C-O, lighting. 2022 market recovery will continue to sputter in the commercial market as we see pricing pressures and supply chain constraints impacting multiple channels in the construction industry. Without any significant improvements in the supply chain, manufacturers will likely attempt to localize production to get pro product to market faster and reduce cost. Additionally, I believe the companies that can continue to be versatile and adapt to the challenges COVID era have created will be on the leading edge of growth and stabilization in the recovery. Yeah, so so Sesco Lighting, um, for those of you that aren't in the Southeast, uh, those of your listeners that aren't in the Southeast, they're the largest lighting agent in North America. Um, they cover uh, 13 markets, six states, actually seven states now. They just um, uh, entered an agreement into, into South Carolina. And, um, you know, they, 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 I think they sell over $250 million a year of lighting products as an agent. So John, as the CEO, shares a couple of interesting things there. The first one I'll focus on is the localized production comment that he made. Um, not sure if localized production means that you're going to have pockets in, you know, 
Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, and, and, and Ontario, California localizing production or localizing production, meaning no more China, Mexico, let's bring it to the US or maybe no more China, let's bring it to Mexico. So the so localized can be interpreted many different ways. Um, I believe, I believe that, um, that if, if I were reading into this, the localized means less offshore um, reliability. In fact, you, you, you go down to the component level, um, you know, all this news about semiconductors and supply chain um, that we had last year and will continue into this year, 2022. You look at, um, you know, there's 12% of semiconductors are manufactured in the United States, but U.S. companies um, comprise 48% of the demand. So, you know, if there's a way to kind of flip that switch and there's some legislation going on at the federal level that can hopefully fuel some more of that production here while hopefully keeping costs down, uh, that might be a way for us to be less reliant and, and help localize that um, on that point. What do you guys think? Yeah, do you, I mean, do you feel that with the now that we're used to a pricing increase, are we going to continue to be used to it to get to the point where we can localize? Is that, you know, is well, that going to be a reality? Let me let me just comment on both of those thoughts by you guys because we do have seven or eight more to go through. So I'm just going to jump in right now. Um, you know, localized is yes onshoring with the Monroe Doctrine. So somewhere in North or South America, that's what localized means. It means Monroe Doctrine in this speak. And the second thing is yes, it's going to cause a cost level increase for two reasons. One because everybody's doing it at the same time. Okay, so automatically the resources that would have been available are starting to think what we're going to see is an increase in cost and then maybe a little decrease three or four years down the road as people build the infrastructure needed to produce whatever widget you want to produce whether it's a semiconductor or an l bracket or whatever it is and so um yeah i think it's 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 a it's a great point i don't know if it's a one year it sounds like more of a five year to me to be honest yeah, yeah, it would it would take time to to move some of that stuff to different kind. I mean, right now you have um, companies like Intel and others that are investing like seventeen billion dollars in Texas and mm -hmm. and and uh, Arizona. So yeah, those things just don't pop up uh, in in ninety days like an empty warehouse can. So yeah, it would take some some mm -hmm. time. But but I think those companies that can better even even going to Monterey, which tech in Mexico is technically you know very um, advanced from a manufacturing standpoint, there could be some options there. So it would be exciting to see if we can bring some of that control back. If you guys and, are if end. you guys are wondered, let me just jump in here. If you guys have yeah. wondered why Taiwan is such a hot spot, it's because a lot of that stuff's made in Taiwan. The hot, amazing stuff. Taiwan Semiconductor, I think, is the name of the company. And like Trump started with it, I think the U.S. government's forcing them to build a factory in Texas um as a geopolitical military move <laughs> so that's how serious this is in some senses i think even the, had, the potential of manufacturers bringing more product in and, and keeping stock levels higher I, I think i'm seeing that with you know people building facilities or getting larger facilities so that they can have it and they can get it to you faster whether they actually make it or not if they have it that's a key for me yeah for sure and on that point greg yeah you, you not just not just building it but having it at you know, six different warehouses throughout the continent, which can help for, for that speedy next day type delivery too, is, is also going to help facilitate some of those things too. So yeah, exciting stuff. Definitely. Next one here is Matthew Tershwell. He's the founder of Tershwell and Co. Architectural Lighting Design. He wrote, except in special circumstances, chip manufacturers will make the decision to discontinue the fabrication of LED chips that are less than 90 CRI. The efficacies are pretty strong already, and it seems that just like Cool white and warm white of yore was discontinued. History will repeat itself. 
So he's predicting that, that we're going to start standardizing on 90 CRI because it just makes sense to buy 90 CRI across the board um, because it might be minimal benefit to, to, to producing multiple types of chips. And, you know, when, when you look at the cost, I think as long as there's general lighting manufacturers that are selling on price, I think there's going to be a market for lower CRIs as long as those lower CRIs are delivering more lumens per watt because there are some buyers that are just after lumens per watt and that metric combined with the price is going to drive a lot of decisions. But, but Matthew, of course, is a lighting designer who works on, you know, higher end architectural lighting. It does make sense to have that 90 CRI thing. And there are some improvements happening. I'm, I'm a couple of years removed from knowing a lot about the component side. So I had to have a couple of conversations with some people when I read Matthew's prediction. And so there are some improvements happening, happening at the phosphor level that could promote better efficiencies happening at 90 CRI. But it's not the type of performance leapfrogging we saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago. These are, you know, we're closer to the plateau from a performance standpoint of these things becoming slightly incrementally better. So I hope he's right. Um, you know, if, if given the decision to, to to have multiple products with 80 and, and 90 Okay, CRI, but hang on a second. Hang on a second. I think the problem sure, I sure. see with all this is that CRI is a little bit archaic. Is you know, it? Like, That's what my question was going to be. Is yeah, it? What, what happened I mean, to this new metric? Like the, the IES is already talking about TM number one, number sign, number sign. <laughs> I don't know, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, they're talking about CRI doesn't cut it. So uh, I don't know if we want to be making standards around CRI. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think Matthew's suggesting standards. I think he's suggesting that that's how, that's how components are bought right now, right? There's mm, the, the, okay. It, there you go. You know, components are bought 80 CRI, 90 CRI, and that's how you do it. But so when, well, I think it needs to change at the demand side, when people are demanding um, that, that fixtures have certain performance levels that are more on the, the TM side than the CRI side, then that could uh, cause the whole language to shift. And the I, whole IES better get moving. The IES better get moving if they, because a whole generation of LEDs is going to adopt the CRI standard. If they don't, and then it's over. Once, they, once the product starts to ship, too bad, sucker. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. well, these LED generations are much shorter than some of the fixture generations, but yeah. you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one here is uh, from Daniel Salinas, the interim executive directory director of the IES. 2022 is going to be year of the lighting industry trying to find its way in a new normal as people seek to reconnect one-on-one -on -one instead of over a computer monitor. The construction indus industry is awakening and there is hope that this proves to be renewed growth for our industry with projects starting up. I see this year as an opportunity for the lighting industry to improve the way it does business from lessons learned over the last two years. Renewed growth, uh, pent up demand. I mean, th th those are some some common things that we, we keep hearing. And uh, first of all, you know, I think it's 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 great that Dan is, is you know, he has a full-time business related to lighting consulting, but he's taken on this uh, temporary executive director role for the IES while the IES searches for a full-time director. So this guy already has his hands pretty full and he was able to share his prediction with inside lighting. And, and you know, when, when you think about the, the renewed growth for our industry, that's great. I think there is renewed demand. You look at all the, the economic factors, and I love economic factors. We publish a lot of them on mm. Inside Lighting. But at the same time, is it really going to grow unless you can ship and unless the customers still have the budget? Are these customers going to be able to swallow you know, uh, that, 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 that $20 million building that's now escalated to $27 million in the course mm. of, of 18 months? Is that, are they going to be able to swallow that? Are they going to be able to do this? Is that going to cause things to be further delayed once we actually get dig out of this uh, this slow roll of, of yeah, uh, improvement. My biggest concern is inflation. 
my biggest concern is inflation. Yeah. You know, like at a macro level on that comment, like the, I think the biggest threat to his comment, not that I, I don't agree with it, I'm just saying that if there's a real threat, it's that high inflation rate. That's going to, that suppresses growth, man, across the board in all industries, you know? And so, um, you know, I don't, you know, when they want to, when they want to slow down growth, the central banks of the world increase the interest rate and they want to raise their inflation targets a little bit. And that's slow. If the economy is too hot, um, that slows down growth. So we had, we see that happening. So that would be my only concern with that comment. Although I think it's a fair comment. A couple of things I took out of it is the new normal with reconnecting one-on-one, hundred mm. percent. You know that's something that we need to get back at. And we we started to do the we had light fair. I met Al for the first time in person. I didn't know he was six foot twelve. He towered <laughs> over me. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. We need more of that stuff, and I think that's important. And the other thing that kind of that stuck out to me was the uh, what he wrote: the opportunity for the lighting industry to improve the way it does business from lessons learned over the last two years. I think as a lighting industry, we're, we're, we should learn from the last seven, eight years. You know, we uh, talked about yes. that's really when LED totally started. Agree. Learning how we can get better from that. So whether we do or not, to be determined. All right. Next one, Christy Tilton, the Vice President, U.S. Professional Trade Sales at Signify. The lighting industry will come to terms with the fact that unpredictably is a new normal. The effects of the pandemic are here to stay and will continue to change how we do business to support customers while avoiding obsolescence. Agent manufacturer partnerships and digital e-commerce capabilities will become much more mature in 2022 and both are critical to stay resilient and nimble despite the shifting sands. Yeah. I think that's an yeah, honest so honest prediction. Um you know, I, it's not that what, it's not what she wants or he, Dan, is it? Is it what's, what's the person? Oh, it's, this, this, is is, uh, this is Christy. Christy Tilton. Christy, yeah, yeah, I thought it was, it's not what she wants, right? But she's just saying like, you want a prediction now? Here you go. This is what I think. It's going to be unpredictable, you know, and we got, you know, that's what I really like the honesty in it. What do you folks think? So you folks both lighting distributors. I'm not. And she makes mm -hmm. a mention there of improving e-commerce capabilities. And e-commerce is one of those things that I still think is a sleeping giant when it comes to commercial industrial light fixtures. Um, there's certainly transactions happening. And this is probably a tangent from what Christie's true intent was. But it, it inspires me to ask you because we have two lighting distributor guys on, on the panel here. Um, you know, when we look at Amazon or, or really online shopping in general, the category, it's grown 1% per year in recent years. But during the pandemic, um, in year one, it grew like eight or 9%. So the, the, the human psyche is now focused on, you know, buying things online first, even when you have young decision makers at uh, lighting designers or, or distributors who are, are surprised that you just can't go on Amazon and buy a two foot by four foot panel, uh, a whole pallet of them or something. It's, 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 or maybe you can, but maybe not to the level of variety and price levels. So what do you guys think? Is e-commerce something that's going to hit at the, at the distributor level and create a real threat to yeah, the, well, the local Yeah, well, I'll answer the question. I'll answer. I know it's exactly what you're talking about. So what, what I've noticed anecdotally from my perspective is that nobody calls in a, a, an order for a case of bulbs anymore. Okay, so the order desk is not sitting there taking calls for a case of light bulbs. They either order off the website, they order off um, a marketplace, or they email you. They will not pick up the phone. Okay, so um, that, and I think the lower value orders, the replacement ballast that you need, one person needs in the garage, all that stuff's online. 
what what's not online, Greg, and tell me if you agree with this, is somebody that wants to change their light fixtures and they need an incentive and they want someone to come there and install it for them or tell them how much it's going to be and guarantee the result. That's no different than before the pandemic, Greg. What do you think? Yeah, I agree for sure. I mean, lighting is a hands-on business and, and as much as you try and you can do, you have to have an online presence. 100% agree with that. And you need to get better at it. And that's something we all have to strive for is lighting distributors. But you also need that in-person element too or, or the hand-holding through it because lighting is confusing. It's even, even though a lot of the product looks the same, it's probably even more confusing than it was. I, I was I've been saying this since I started in 2006. Super confusing. And it's still the same. <laughs> Intentionally, <laughs> made, so. <laughs> Intentionally <laughs> exactly. made so. Intentionally made so. Yes. So it keeps us in business. So there you go. So I think, but you do need a presence for sure. And I agree with that. All right. The next one from our good friend, uh, Dr. Mark Ray, the professor of light and Ooh, health. Here we go. Research center at Mount Sinai. Lighting, specifically illumination, is becoming a smaller and smaller part of photonics. Photonics is photons with a purpose. Whether it is Li-Fi communications between automobiles or UV air disinfection or regulating circadian rhythms in submarines or maximizing THC and cannabis. Illumination is not where the new exciting ideas can be found and therefore not where investments are being made. If we follow the money, there will be more soul searching among our colleagues. Some will leave lighting, some will stick it out, and a very small minority will find new purposes for their knowledge and expertise. So, you know, Dr. Ray never disappoints, does he? Um, no, you know, best one, I it's, think. It's, yeah, you know, in, in fact, you, you say that, Greg, like you guys ever have to be like um, a quick tangent, like you're one of seven presenters in a panel and, and, and you go after the person that just knocks it out of the park and you're mm, like, oh, man, yeah. I got to follow that person. Um, so I would not want to be the person in this article who follows Dr. Ray, whoever that is. Who is that, Greg? Mm. Who is uh, that? that would be me, me. Oh, that's you. Thank you. So, but, 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 but truly, but truly, Dr. Ray, um, you know, so sometimes I'm guilty of this, right? We, and many of us can be guilty of it at times. Um, we're in this echo chamber of the lighting industry and we think general lighting, architectural lighting and economical solutions. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, it takes someone to drill it down to the photon level and stretch our mind to think that, you know, lighting is not just what we work on most of the time it's you know it's it's these these li-fi uh uh innovations or air disinfection circadian rhythms or the thc levels in cannabis and that that people in our industry might actually leave to pursue innovations that can that can make more of a difference in other areas other than lighting do you guys, do you guys think most of the lighting innovations are in our rear view mirror no i but what i would say is that we have yet to discover what light is and what it can do and so, you know, it's one of those things where the, we're on the, we're, I don't know if we're on the cusp, but we're sort of like a fish finding out, Hey, we're in water. Did you know that we're in water? Yeah. Holy, what's this water stuff? So light to, you know, the, I think that, and I think that's what Mark's, Mark's referring to in a sort of Sesame street way um, that I put it is that he's saying that, you know, there's so much here. There's so much rich, rich opportunities in understanding how light works that we can't really worry about illumination anymore. That's sad that, you know, that's not really even worth remembering about because, you know, once we figure this out, we're going to understand the language of God or something like that. You understand what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And we've had, we've had discussions with them and, and I think yeah. that's really what you got to take out of it is that 
you're still going to need your general illumination that lighting provides. But if and if it can do all this much more, how exciting is that in a way, right? Crazy. Opens up our opportunities for everyone if they want it. Okay. <laughs> the guy who followed it, uh, Greg Eric, co-host of Get a Grip on Lighting, Vice President of Premier Lighting. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> in 2022, we will see collaboration in the lighting industry like never before. Major companies, associations, and accreditation agencies will work together to get the lighting industry under control again, and new leadership may emerge as a result. So I suppose Ooh. you want me to talk first? <laughs> what, what the hell are you uh, talking about, Greg Eric? <laughs> so it, it, you start seeing it now. You know, there's so many different fragments of the lighting industry, but they're all kind of working together more. It, it's been gradually, slowly doing that. Also with mergers, acquisitions is a big part of it too, right? Big companies are buying big companies, and now they're all the brains of those are coming together. And I see it with associations that we're part of, you know, and, and that's where a lot of this comes from too. Is, is is seeing that collaboration that you have, and people with the same purpose in mind to get lighting going again, and and get it where we want it to be, and and, and grow it. Really, is what it comes down to, and it's going to take a combined effort of everyone. Yeah, I but I I think the most important part is that there needs to be leaders that emerge in the industry. And, you know, I think right now there's a lot of chaos. And I'm just being honest. And, I mean, the IES has an interim executive director. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying that that's uh, embarrassing. It just is what it is. I mean, you know, uh, Tim LaCitra left uh, after the pandemic started. They had tons of momentum. If you, if you had been to the IES convention in 2019, that was a mind-blowing convention, okay? They had momentum. And then boom, everything's done and Tim leaves and, you know, and now they're trying to, you know, you know, get back, get the ship back in the, in, under control. I mean, I don't mean to say that as a criticism. It's just what happens when leadership leaves and you need to start over and, you know, you're kind of in the middle of a pandemic and no one can visit each other. It's tough, man, you know, and then you have, so who's going to, but there's, that's an opportunity, you know, and um, our issues are bigger than illumination. Just like Mark Ray said, we're talking darkness health effects, all manner of different science. So I think it's a good, I think it's a decent observation, Greg. I give you a C plus. What do you think, Al? Yeah, I'm not going to give Greg a, a letter grade, um, you know, but, but in any case, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was astute. And, and I'm glad he elaborated because one of his comments was to get the lighting industry under control again. And so it left me asking, well, Jesus, not under control. What does he mean by that? And you know, we've obviously heard those thoughts now. And, and I think, you know, you bring the example of the IES and that's like, you know, the biggest, you know, governing mm, and maybe, yes. You know, largest thing. But what I do like about this, and, and and Greg's point to new leaders emerging, maybe it's a lot of these smaller organizations that have more of a niche interest. I mean, you, you talk about dark skies a lot, Michael, but you, you folks are also part of Nailed, which is also lighting distributors, not to be confused mm -hmm. with, you know, the industrial distributors and other things. And then mm -hmm. you focus on, you know, like like Nemra for electrical lighting reps. And mm -hmm. now there's this new uh, association for, for, for lighting agents called... Uh, ALA, um, which is an emerging organization. So I think as you specialize some of these things and you have the, the committees on the IS that spur into other things, there could be, and, and with women in lighting design, there's a lot of these different sub-context groups that are emerging as giving a voice to, to people that, that maybe couldn't find a home earlier because you're in this big organization. So, so I think that these, these little sub-contexts are, are emerging in a way that, that lighting people can find a home somewhere and can make a difference uh, if they want to apply themselves to it. 
And the other thing too is it, it provides a conduit for the grassroots to rise to the top quickly. Like people, practitioners in the field that know what, what the heck is going on, they right now, they're not going to get blocked by the politics right now or whatever, especially in the smaller associations, they can step out. Another one is Naumco. I mean, Naumco is really positioned well to make a difference. Like I don't, I, we're, we're nailed us trying to get in touch with them. Uh, I think we're trying to get in touch with them in January just to see where they're at. But I mean, they're in such a strong position right now as the, the contractors, Greg, as well to make a move. So there, I said it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's what a lot of it is, is, is actually getting the pulse of the industry. And, and that's what these organizations, the smaller ones have, you know, we're, we're dealing with the people that are buying the product that the people are making that, you know, combining all that together so we can all grow and, and get better from it, I think, is what it's all about. So thanks for the C+. Um, next one, Andrea Hart, Hartfrand. Can you give me that last name, Al? Hartfrand. Hartfrand. Andrea Hartfrand. Uh, all right. She is the FIALD principal of Hartfrand Lighting Design. HLD, right. yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> In 2022, the sun will rise and set every day. Humans will depend on light in many forms to regulate, rise, sleep, work, play, and be. Lighting the designers will continue to prove their value, sometimes noticeably, sometimes in a vacuum. So the value of lighting design, is she, is she saying that it's going to be more needed than, than ever? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Andrea, um, you know, I, I don't think she wanted to share some sort of bold prediction. I think she wanted to just go big picture and say, hey, you know, the sun's going to rise mm. and set and there's going to be light and we lighting designers, we're going to make contributions. Sometimes you'll notice it, sometimes you won't. And that's the part that, that my comments are going to focus on is that lighting designers will prove their value sometimes noticeably, sometimes in a vacuum. And, you know, to make an analogy to you know, a sporting event, a hockey game, uh, baseball, you know, if, if you're talking about the, the umpires or the referees at, at the end of the game, then that's probably a, a game that had some problems with some of the officiating. But if those, if those uh, officials are, are invisible, then maybe it was a great game because the story wasn't a distraction. And that's kind of where you, you get the uh, lighting design. And this might be my second poor metaphor of the podcast, by the way, Michael. But, um, but if I continue that poor metaphor into, you know, you, you think about what it takes for, for a lighting designer to do their magic and design architectural uh, lighting into various projects. Um, sometimes the lighting disappears. You don't see the source, but that wall is beautifully illuminated in a very even way um, that produces whatever the effect was, was desired. And then other times yeah, the, the lighting- The medium is the message. The medium is the message, not the light source. You shouldn't walk yeah. into a well-writ room thinking about the lighting. 100% right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But so, sometimes you do use the, the lighting to make to make an impact. Um, but but you're right. It's not about it's not down at the diode level or the fixture level. Yeah. It's about whatever it's illuminating. That the dynamic lighting that's 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 casting light on the side of an of a of a stadium. It's 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 right. It's 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 the effect and not necessarily the the source itself. So so she's a talented lighting designer. I love working in a vacuum. And, I love working like in a vacuum. I tell, I tell my people, you know, this is a heist. You want to get in there. You don't want anyone to notice that you're there. You want to leave and then you want to get the money and then you want to cut the money out to whoever was involved in the heist. It's a lighting heist. If people know you were there, it means you screwed up. Get in, get out. Nobody knows. They're happy with the lights. It's a heist. I love it. That's what I love. I love a good heist. Love working in a vacuum. That girl's a genius. <laughs> All right. The next one is Dan Darby, the Light Fair show director. The leaders in the lighting industry consistently update their lines with new design innovations and solutions that pace alongside demand and respond to global issues. 
and the ability to experience these products in person will be imperative moving into the new year. The industry clearly demonstrated at Lightfair 2021 that it's eager to get back to an in-person landscape and reconnect. And I predict we will see more recovery of the industry and face-to-face commerce resuming in 22. As the world's largest commercial and industrial lighting trade show, Lightfair will be the catalyst in reuniting the industry. Ooh. I like that word, Ooh. reuniting the industry. I think that's what it does. I mean, how cool was that at Lightfair this year? Although there wasn't a ton of people, but just to get everybody and see everybody that you've done all these Zoom calls or emails with, but actually, oh, there's Al. You know, there's this guy, there's that person, and, and it was mm. awesome. So I agree with mm. that. And it was it was surreal recognizing people who I knew only from social media or stuff like this. Like Greg, you, mm-hmm. you and I had never met, but um, and it probably made you uncomfortable when I did this. But I walked up and gave you a big hug. I'm like, hey, this is Greg. I it. it's my buddy. It's my buddy. <laughs> I had to reach up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but you're right. I, I think the, the the Dan uses the word reunite. Um, when I was doing my daily video mm-hmm. uh, reports from from Lightfair uh, back in October last year, um, you know, I, I I said in one of those things that there was a feeling of homecoming, like that 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 college or high school homecoming. Coming where you're seeing old friends and making new ones and connections. And so there is that. And, and uh, also in mid-December, we published a list of trade shows that are happening for 2021. And there's 21 or so of uh, different trade shows planned. And we put the, the subtitle being that this might be the year 2022 might be the year where um, people, you know, in-person events start to see a, a, a major comeback. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's hope that everyone is, is comfortable and healthy and all that other stuff that goes along with that conversation. But, um, but I think the in-person events do bring, do bring value, um, not only to educate, but to connect and network and, and really, uh, you know, build the relationships upon which this industry is built. Amen. Good. And last but not least, it looks like the longest, and I don't, I kind of figured it would be that coming from him. David Gordon, the president of Channel Marketing Group. He didn't follow your rules, Al, with two sentences. Um, well, no, he, electrical... he gave, it, was, it was two or three sentences, but he gave like run-on sentences, so he did qualify. Oh, that's he did it qualify, but it's like two <laughs> paragraphs, though. Right. <laughs> so here we go. From an electrical distribution viewpoint, expect a repeat of 2021. Supply chain issues continue through the year. Some price inflation prompting more price increases, nominal revenue growth for the product category, but brand names will outperform and take share through the channel as renovation work is strong and distribution prefers to migrate to trusted brands that can perform. Distribution and rep agent consolidation will continue, challenging many small and niche suppliers to find ways to market. Manufacturers with many brand names question the value of niche brands and move to promoting their company as a brand diminishing product brands, all in name of cost savings. Many non-differentiated manufacturers struggle without a value proposition. So Ooh, lots saying, to digest there. Yeah, he's saying the top brands or the, the 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 big dogs are going to get bigger and continue to take market shares. What I take out of that. Yeah, assuming the big dogs are the trusted brands, which in many cases they are, um, but he also predicts that that some of the niche brands might go away. So, so um, you know, if you're if you're a big lighting company with 37 sub brands, you might do what GM did years ago and get rid of Oldsmobile and some of those other brands and just just kind of oversimplify things. And you know, there there could be some truth to that part as well. Um, but let let me ask you guys because you guys speak to this better than I can. Um, as lighting distributors, you know it from a distribution standpoint, but you also know it from a contractor and end user standpoint. How important is the brand, and where, where does the brand 
um, how does a, 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 buying, a, a decision maker for lighting products that goes to you, where, where does the brand factor into that decision to choose brand A or brand B? There's only three brands in the lighting industry that the, that the customers know. GE, Philips, and Sylvania. Okay? So when they're talking about their brands, um, they're talking about distributors knowing who they are. They're talking about reps knowing who they are. They're about the character. They're about the goodwill in the industry for them. They're not talking about rep, rep, recognition from the end user. End user has no idea what's going on. Um, you know, they, you know, they have no clue. If the 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 end user is entirely relying on the Greg Eriks of the world to give them quality products, and you know what, we switcheroo all the time, like we talked about earlier in the in the in, because you know what. I, you know, I, uh, I know the owner of that company now that I'm going to get a grip on lighting. So I'm calling him if his products are shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to call him up and yeah. say, you fix it. This isn't my problem. You know, and it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one conversation at this point. So I switch a so rule your, all the time. To your contractors, to your contractors, to your end users, are, are you the brand? Is your distributorship yeah, the brand that they trust yeah, kind you? kind of, and then yes. You yes. In a sense, yes. They're, they're, in from, they're buying from the, the – and you know what? At the end of the day, the person who's embarrassed when the product burns out is me. Yeah. It's, not the other, it's, not the, it's not the other guy anyway. So I am the brand. Joe, Greg is the brand. We got to deal with it when the, the tubes start to flicker or half of them go off or 25 fixtures are out. It's us. So where's that lighting guy with the stupid hat? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. We Did we just install these lights last year? No, that was four years ago. Oh, I thought it was last year. You know, this is the kind of stuff you do. They don't know whose brand it is. It doesn't even make a difference. The end user. So they have to build their brands with the industry, within the industry. Right, they have to cultivate that message to lighting people. They're never going to get to the end user. The end user's mind is so busy; it's there's no penetration there for what kind well, of light fixtures. Because, because we made it that way too. You know, the lighting industry is to blame for where it's at now. Because it used to be that way. It used to be, you know, I want I want Philips, I want GE, I want Sylvania, and now they don't know what they want. They just want whatever they're supposed to have. And that's we only because theirs par their parts burned out faster than the other parts in the fixture. Right, so the, the the GE Phillips in Sylvania, they had the part of the fixture that burned out the most. So people knew this one's a little bit better than the other crappy one. I hate to put it that way, but the ballast last advanced ballast was making a much more reliable piece of equipment. You know, it lasted 15, 20, 30 years. You know, so which is the better brand? I don't know. That's a that's a secret sauce question right there. And, and I think you know the other part too that I took out of this is is and Al, you mentioned, but. What's happening, and, and you know, we saw one yesterday with Signify Influence, is those niche brands that are like they focus on this thing. The, the big guys, the big companies, going to buy that and have it part of their brand now. So I, I see a lot of that. More and more, of that's going to happen. So yeah, I think brands are important. Uh, love to hear your perspectives on your thoughts regarding to your customers. And yeah, I think it, it, if anything we learned during the pandemic with the importance of social media, I think the individual can be the brand a lot. Right? We are we have a set of credibility, mm. our honor, our word, our, our 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 solution set that we deliver to those customers. So yeah, great uh, great conversation on the David Gordon uh, thoughts. So thank you for your insights, guys. And if you've made it to the end here, that's Al Usinski, the lighting genius, uh, lighting genie. And we thank utilitygenius.com. That's right. The Letting Genie thanks utilitygenius.com. Greg Eric uses them. So that means you should. Do you need to know anything more from Incentive Energy? We've made it to the end here. 
all you people that listen, I'll tell you this right now. You're not our listeners or our fans. You're just colleagues. You should come on the show sometime. Contact Get a Grip Studios. Bye for now.